Hello, 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 boss babes. Yes, we're doing this again, and we are kickstarting an entire new series of mini-sodes that are featuring boss babes in the Ottawa Valley that go beyond entrepreneurs and business owners. We are recognizing role models, activists, corporate leaders, and working professionals who are breaking barriers, sparking important conversations, and championing for change. We want to be inclusive and embrace those that are making an impact, are changing their communities, and are bringing awareness to topics that sometimes have the potential to generate controversy. Because ambitious and powerful boss babes aren't just making waves in the entrepreneurship world, and they too need to be heard. Now let's kickstart the conversation. Welcome to Boss Babe Corner. extracurricular activity for your six to ten year old child to participate in and are you looking for a safe activity that can be done in the comfort and safety of your own home hi i'm april resmer and i've been teaching piano voice and theory to children for over 20 years here at Ms. april's music studio i have designed a video piano lesson that is specifically meant for at-home study this means no lesson times to remember and no driving to lessons it's genius, am I right? All you need for this course is a piano or a keyboard, the method books, and a Google account. And once a week, the lessons are shared with you. My next session starts this coming September. Visit my Facebook and Instagram at Miss April's Music Studio, or visit my website at missaprilsmusicstudio.mymusicstaff.com to sign up and reserve your child's spot. Spaces are limited, so sign up today. In February 2020, this babe secured a spot in the 2020 Paralympic Games in Tokyo by winning gold and being named Best Libero at the World Paravolley's final Paralympic qualification tournament in Halifax. Wearing number eight, along with a long list of titles, including 2020 Athlete Ambassador, Parasport Ontario's 2021 Female Athlete of the Year Award, mentor, cancer survivor, wife, and mom, this babe is heading to Tokyo's 2020 Paralympic Games, and she's got the entire Ottawa Valley community cheering her on. Please welcome JoLynn Wong as our next guest to Boss Babe Corner. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here, Jolyn. I'm so excited to have you on. And like I said, we've got the entire Ottawa Valley cheering you on right now. We're so excited for you. There are just signs everywhere. We cannot wait for August 24th because that's when things kickstart and the races are on. How are you feeling? I'm pretty jacked up. <laughs> it's been a long year waiting for the games to begin. So I'm pretty excited to finally be in Japan and get ready to, to perform on the world stage. And I was actually reading too that you guys aren't even going to have any spectators during your competitions either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our, yeah, no spectators, not even local fans, but I mean, our teammates on the bench will be cheering loud. We have a big coaching staff with us. Um, so we're just going to create our own noise. That's right. Well, hopefully a little less pressure too, with everybody, you know, like not feeling the pressure of everybody watching you, although there are going to be a lot of eyes on screens watching you guys. So hopefully a lot less pressure without people actually being in, in person there. Yeah, for sure. So Jolyn, let's talk about your journey because at 12 years old, you were diagnosed with a type of bone cancer that's actually comparable to the type that Terry Fox was diagnosed with that resulted in your leg being amputated when you were only 13. 
How did you overcome something so devastating at such a young age? Right. Yeah. I'm asked this question quite often. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, it was my, my family and my small town that I grew up with that was just with me the whole time. Um, so I never felt alone in the journey and with the diagnosis. Um, my mom was with me every step of the way from like sleeping at the hospital with me to literally taking my first step on a prosthetic. Um, and I'm sure for my mom, like she was just breaking on the inside, but she didn't show that and it allowed me to stay strong and hopeful for the future. Um, at one point I told my mom, I, I didn't want to go ahead with the surgery because I didn't want to be different and I didn't see a future in sport. Um, and my mom was just supportive of whatever decision I came to, but obviously I, I ended up getting the surgery and, um, and yeah, here I am. My sister has alopecia and I know it's nothing compared to having cancer. And so her growing up and learning how to accept a different condition that's obviously very different from other people, you know, people were staring and she went from not like losing her hair to wearing a wig and kind of accepting her new norm being bald. Now, did you find that, you know, being now an amputee at such a young age and trying to like explain that to people or were you kind of hiding it before embracing it? How was that for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I guess my first experience was actually on my way home from my surgery and we hadn't had the discussion about how to react if someone had asked a question or anything like that. So we were at McDonald's getting breakfast and then someone from behind the counter couldn't see like below my waistline and I was on crutches and they're like, oh, what did you do? And I was just like, I got my leg cut off <laughs> and she just left and didn't come back. And like, cause neither of us knew how to, how to um, deal with the situation. Um, so after that, I guess I kind of, you know, went over some things that, that I could say in different situations. And I would say having my own children and learning how to teach them um, how to deal with people's questions about their mom was really what kind of taught me how to accept it and um, just educate rather than being like, oh, I have to answer your question again. Um, but most people, they're just curious and they don't know and they want to know your story. So uh, yeah, within I would say the first, you know, seven, eight years of being an amputee, I was very much trying to hide it and was ashamed of it. And I wasn't the ideal body type that you see in society. Um, but now I just embrace it and rock my leg and I like I have a really cool design on it and I don't try to make it look like a real leg because people see the difference anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud that you're teaching your kids that and you've embraced it and you are sharing your story and you have also not let it stop you from accomplishing so much in your life. So tell us about your journey to the Paralympics and when you first realized that you wanted to compete. Mm -hmm. So prior to my amputation, um, I knew I wanted to play soccer for, I want to say for team Canada, but at a very high level. Um, and then I guess people always say, oh, because of cancer and because of your amputation, you got to be a Paralympian. Um, I think that I would have been playing at a world stage and that I would have been um, competing at a high level, no matter um, what cards I was dealt. 
Um, but yeah, so for my path, my actual path to the Paralympics, I was playing high school volleyball and there were two amputees on my volleyball team and in my tiny little town. And our coach reached out to Volleyball Canada to see if there was a program for um, athletes with a physical impairment. And at that time, sitting volleyball was just beginning in Canada. So we flew out to Vancouver and tried out the sport. And this was in 2008. So I, I was 18, grade 12. And I've been with the team, with the national team program ever since. So what's the process like for someone who's determined to become a Paralympic athlete? Mm -hmm. So for each athlete and each sport, it's going to be a different process. I know for me, I didn't even know Paralympic sport existed upon um, getting my amputation. I had no idea there were adaptive sports. Um, but I think, like you're saying, things are becoming more normalized and more, um, there are just more programs out there. So reaching out, if you're, if you're interested in a certain sport, reaching out to the National Sport Orga Organization, whether it's the, the able-bodied version or um, the disabled version, like for instance, Volleyball Canada, like we're all under the same window, um, like sitting volleyball and indoor volleyball and beach volleyball. Um, or CPC, the Canadian Paralympic Committee, they can put you in touch with the right people uh, I, th I found it especially hard in rural communities trying to find programs um, like I grew up in a tiny little town in Alberta with 5000 people and you know when there's two people in the whole town that have a disability um, there's not going to be special programming so there's a lot more available in cities but uh, yeah you just gotta keep digging for those resources and they are out there so now I'm curious, how often do you train and what kind of exercise do you do to stay in the best shape? Because after the year that we've been in with gyms closed constantly, I mean, they were just, they were closed for extended periods. So I'm assuming you have a home gym. Like I need to know what you've been doing. Yes. Um, our over, like during the pandemic, we were really lucky to get a new strength and conditioning coach with our team. Uh, so she was training us virtually with whatever we had available to us. I am extremely lucky that my husband and I built a home gym in our basement um, as soon as we moved to Pembroke. So I had all the equipment I needed and I had a lot of floor space so I could do my like volleyball specific movements and even train in my basement if I needed. Um, but as far as being on the court last summer, uh, I had these like giant cardboard pieces that I would train on. And at one point I was training and uh, on my trampoline with the enclosed net using that as something to play against. I trained on a tarp and then I was granted access to experience gymnastics facility in Pembroke. And I used like click together hockey tiles and made like a mini court for me to play on. Uh, and now I'm back at Dundonald Hall. I've got a training ex exemption to train there. So um, my training that hasn't changed a lot over the pandemic. Uh, if anything, I've had more time to train and I've had the, the equipment and facilities that, I'm, that I need. So it's, it's, been, it's been good. Now, how many days a week are you competing to get ready for the, uh, for the Paralympics? So I train anywhere between five to seven days a week. Um, our strength and conditioning program goes five days a week, three days lifting and two days of cardio or speed program. And then I'm usually on the court twice a week. 
uh, with my coach. So some days there's two a days and then I can take a weekend off. Um, but if I just do one a days, it's, it's every day. And Jolyn, can you tell us a little bit about sitting volleyball and how that works? Cause again, I was reading a little about it cause I know nothing about sports. My poor listeners are probably like, she doesn't know how to cook. She doesn't know anything about sports. What does this girl do? <laughs> but I don't, I don't know anything about it. So can you tell us how it works? Yeah, for sure. Most people don't know sitting volleyball and they look at you like you have four heads if you say that. So I'm glad you asked. So sitting volleyball is the adaptive version to traditional volleyball or standing volleyball. Uh, the net is lower. So it's a meter five for women and a meter 15 for men's and the court is smaller. So it's um, 10 meters long by six meters wide. And then um, there, there's still six athletes on the court. Rules are the same. Um, it's best. To, it goes, there's five sets and what else you have to keep part of your torso on in contact with the ground at all times. So one butt cheek or your back or your tummy or your side. And, um, you are allowed a temporary loss of contact with the ground if you're passing in the back row. So as a libero who plays back row, I'm allowed to lift my butt a little bit off the floor. Interesting. Okay, there we go. So you mentioned off the pod that your husband's currently away for work right now. So who's at home watching the kids? The kids traveled out to Alberta with me. We had a small... Um, training camp in Edmonton before departure so they came to training camp and then they're they're house hopping around all my families in Alberta so they're at my mom's right now and going to summer camp and then they're going to hang out with my brother and then they're going to BC for a road trip with my cousins and then hanging out with their auntie so they're very well taken care of and I'm sure they're getting spoiled Good, good. Yes, they're going to have a great time out in Alberta. Hopefully the weather is nice because at this time of year, speaking from someone who lived out in Alberta for three years, it gets a little chillier in August. And like we've seen snow in like Labor Day weekend. <laughs> yep, yep. So hopefully they're not in for a surprise this year. <laughs> so how do you think the world has evolved in terms of acceptance and support for Olympian moms, supporting those who are pregnant, nursing, or moms even to young children? Mm -hmm. Yeah, watching stories about the Olympians in Tokyo like I found it so inspiring that the world has kind of opened up to the idea that athletes um, don't have to choose between sport and motherhood seeing sport organizations support their athlete mothers with the needs that come along with it isn't something that's like surfaced before uh, to my knowledge anyway I have always felt very um, I don't know the right word secluded I guess uh, with being an athlete mom, because I haven't, it's just not a, a talked about subject really. Um, and I know there are brands out there ha that have even like cut sponsorships due to pregnancy and like it is part of life. So why not embrace that and show the whole athlete life? Not that all they do is train. Uh, they, they have a life outside of that and they're trying to build a family. And that's incredible for women to be able to balance that. Like it's a whole different thing for a male athlete that doesn't have to take the time off and that isn't the primary caregiver, but for a woman to be able to, to get pregnant, to train through pregnancy, and then to come back to sport is just an incredible feat in its own. It really is. We've come so far and I'm so glad that 
we are applauding women for being able to do so many things at once, because you're right, we don't have to choose one or the other. And when you're seeing a woman running, like, or in a competition or whatever the case may be at 37, 38, 39, 40 weeks, you're cheering right along with them being like, you go girl, because you know what? We're exhausted. We're tired. You know, we're, we're breastfeeding. Like we're doing so much at once. And so women should really be applauded more than ever that we're able to do so much at once. So I know it's incredible to see how far we've come. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And Joel and I also want to bring awareness because some of those might not be aware that you are also involved in you and your husband's nano brewery, Two Hawks Brewing Company, which you officially joined as a third partner in 2020. Yes. So my husband and his colleague that he works with, that is what we call daytime job. <laughs> they were like in a bar in Texas and came up with this idea that they were going to start brewing beer at home. Um, so I kind of just thought, okay, brew, you brew your beer, you drink your own beer, and then it turned into a business, um, not really knowing what we were getting into and how much work it is to own your own business. Uh, so I kind of just um, came along for the ride, I guess you could say, but I'm a very type A organized individual and watching two men try to organize this. <laughs> hurt my head a lot so I decided to start doing their books for them and then I start doing their social media um and then now I just I, kind of, I do everything except brew the beer because I'm not too good at science so it would probably be an epic fail that's <laughs> hilarious yeah you can definitely tell that there's a woman's touch on the social media pages for sure <laughs> you know maybe a few more hashtags more stories just more of just that you know that connection to followers and stuff yes 100 percent. and I read that you guys are still situated in your garage now is that still the case yeah, we are. We are. We get a lot of people that pull up to the address and then phone us to be like, are you sure? Um, so yeah, our entire garage is where the beer is brewed and sold. So we have store hours that are pretty regular Thursday, Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. and then Saturday, 11 to 5 and if you come in on a Saturday, you'll most likely be able to watch the brewing process because that's usually our brew day. So it's kind of cool that customers can come in and, and literally see um, the creation of the end product. That's so cool. That's awesome. And a portion of your proceeds from your DD Amber Ale actually goes towards the V42 Foundation. So can you tell us a little bit more about this foundation and why it was important for Two Hawks to get involved? Yeah, so that foundation was created to assist Kansas uh, families. Um, so a, a, a section of the Canadian military uh, with support that goes above and beyond the what the Military Family Resource Center can provide. So we know that the additional peace of mind the V42 Foundation can give families and we're really happy to provide um, help with that. Awesome. And now, you know what I was thinking too, Jolyn, is that you guys are going to have to change your name now that you're on board. So how are we thinking? Two hawks and an eagle? What do we think? <laughs> I haven't really thought about that. Um, yeah, I'll have to think of all the birds that I could become. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's too funny. So Jolyn, what's your message to other aspiring athletes out there? What would you say to give them some encouragement? 
Mm -hmm. I would say focus on the process. If you only focus on the end goal, it may always seem out of reach. But if you focus on the little things that can be done each day, they link together and eventually create the big thing. Um, so yeah, just, just focusing on one thing at a time, not this big, gigantic thing that can seem so far away. Fantastic. And I love to wrap up every one of my podcast episodes with a local business shout out because that's who we are, Ottawa Valley boss babes. So Jolyn, who do you want to give a shout out to? Um, I don't know if it like is a business or would be considered a business, but it's actually the Pembroke Public Library. They, we are probably their number one customers and <laughs> um, the librarian Anusha has been uh, just so incredible with, with my journey and with that we homeschool. So with helping, um, she, she reserves books that we don't even know we want. And she's like, I got you this book. And it's just incredible to see um, that she's looking out for, for us and what we want, what we need, I guess, for homeschooling. And she's really um, good at widening children's perspectives of the world and it just never ceases to amaze me. Well, they did a beautiful tribute post on their Facebook page for you too, cheering you on. And it was just so beautiful. And I thought, oh my gosh, like only in the Ottawa Valley, would you see places like, you know, the Pembroke library cheering on our local, our, our local community athletes. Like that's yeah. amazing. Oh, what a great yeah. shout out. We to reciprocate it right back. <laughs> Well, Dylan, I won't keep you anymore because I know you've got a busy day. It's so it's 1030 at night here, uh, Eastern time. And in Tokyo time, it's what time is it again? 1130 in the morning, 1130 in the morning. So you've got a jam packed day. You've survived, you've thrived, and you are going to kill it at this year's game. We are so proud of you. And we are all cheering you on from the Ottawa Valley sidelines. So go kill it. We can't wait to watch you and we will be cheering you on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me today.